This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know Oh my god, these are dead too. Come on! <laughs> Alrighty, uh, welcome back to the Only Friends podcast. This is episode number, I'm gonna guess 312? 312? Yes? Yeah, no? Yeah, sure. Fuck it, 324, man. 324? Come on. 324? Short. 324. Thank you. These actually work. Man, I went through two pairs of headphones now before getting the five minute countdown is when you when you um That's where we're supposed to do that stuff. But we got into some riveting pre podcast conversations. Breaking news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there it is. Look, you guys sound ah. so much better with these headphones on. Oh, my God. All right. And you look so much more professional, too. Wow. You know mm -hmm. me, professional podcaster. Yeah. Speaker. Um, leader of the B-Squad. Yeah. Leader of the B-Squad. The B-Squad is here Friday. <laughs> Conrad <laughs> is busy living a wonderful life with a significant other. And he is. Matt is with his significant other, Tom Wheaton, <laughs> <laughs> in Daytona. Yeah. for this uh, 525 poker tournament as well as some commercials. I didn't know that we had a professional actor right, within our do. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, he, I, I, am, I can't wait to see this commercial. Yeah, <laughs> as, as his uh, Instagram story said, he is not an actor. Oh we, have, uh, we have some behind the scenes stuff. Yes. Let's look. check it out. Here we come. Speed for camera. Roll Sound. It. Roll it. Sound speeds. Scene one, take 14. Set. Set. Stand by. Poker players often ask how I achieve success at the highest level. I'm Matt Berkey, and I play poker professionally. Cut. Take. It's so good getting updates in the chat of him saying, I needed to say, I'm Matt Berkey, and I'm all in. 15 yeah. times. <laughs> no, my favorite part of the whole of that whole uh, clip was take 14. <laughs> <laughs> Run it back. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's not many one takes in the uh, in the acting industry. It's tough. It's tough, you know. It's like you know, he's a he's a poker player. He's not an actor. Well, it's a good thing cuz he'd have to be on strike if he was. Yeah, it's true, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that a thing right now? Are the actors on strike or just the writers? Or both. both both are on strike. Writers and actors are on strike. If you're mm. a sat, if you're a Screen Actors Guild member, you're on strike right now. So All right. Well, I hope they didn't hire any uh, any people, any any SAG people, any uh, what do they call them scabs people yeah. who, people who break mm -hmm. the people who cross the picket lines. I'm glad they, they just. Uh, I'm glad they were able to get uh, you know the Barbie movie out. Uh, yeah, I mean, as long happened. as movies are still actually coming out. Oppenheimer right now, comes out today. That one I really do. Both of them see. come out today. Yeah, yeah. 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 Both on one day. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think I prefer Oppenheimer over Barbie. Probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. Can someone <laughs> please explain to me the hype behind the Barbie movie? I mean, I'm going to a preview of it Barbie, tonight. Barbie, man. Mm -hmm. But, man. A preview of it? I'm going to like You're a, going to the, a like premiere. A thing. A, a premiere. premiere thing. I don't know. You have to wear a, sure. a, like a tux. I don't know. Is it a black tie affair? I don't really know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I just had a friend that said, hey, do you want to come to this thing? And I'm like, sure, I can talk about Barbie. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be really funny. Like, it's okay. supposed to be really like a, a really interesting sort of funny take on these these characters that have been around forever or these, yeah these seriously like they have concepts been. that have been around the forever. 50s maybe yeah 40s? like i think that's that's the the general gist of why people are excited about it but mm -hmm. i don't know landon is this your first red carpet I don't think I'm going to any red carpet thing. <laughs> it's not going to the actual premiere. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on, mm -hmm. but we'll I'll figure out more. He's going to see the movie essentially. No, no, no. He's going to be with the paparazzi. Ah. I'll, figure, I'll figure out more as we go. Are you are you Ken in this situation? I'm trying to be Ken, yep. man. Who's your Barbie? God knows. <laughs> Lord knows. I, I pray for that uh, woman. Maybe what's happening is you're just going to a regular movie and someone's told you it's like a fancy mm -hmm. thing. Maybe. Like, yeah. I wonder what Chauncey thinks. I, I can't bring Chauncey though. Chauncey's, Chauncey's leaving us. This is his last episode. This oh, is Chauncey's terrible. last episode. Yeah. That's, that's really terrible. This is, I didn't really want to have to break the news like this, but apparently mm. he's going to go back home to his he's, mom. Yeah, he's a Euro cat now. Yep. yep. You're a Euro, buddy. You came to this land 
You took our money. He's he used being... to play cash nice and quick. Now he's just going to tank every hand. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's being deported. <laughs> <laughs> he's being he's deported getting... against his will. But, you know, he won't have to pay taxes on his winnings. So that's right. fine. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> that means, that's true. Okay, look. Chauncey, Chauncey, look at me. Look, I don't appreciate it, but I will swap with you for my own personal benefit. You should. I would swap <laughs> with you for tax-free money. Anyways. I have a few announcements. Go on. First, I have to give a huge shout-out to my mother, Mary Lamanna, who turns 70 years young today. Happy, Happy birthday, Mom. Wow. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Tortoise's yep. mom. Tortoise's mom. Yep. Mom 70. <laughs> we have a graphic. Yeah, let's <laughs> go. And by 70, I mean, I mean she's 39. That's she's right. Thir- she's pa- I passed her up. Yep. I'm older than my mom, so happy 39th birthday. <laughs> the tortoise mom. has become the really? hair. <laughs> yep. Also, we have a, a new course out on Solve for Y TV. The man himself, Andrew Brokus, has put out another course. It's about bluff catching. I believe we have a little bit of a preview for you. I am Andrew Brokus. In this series, we will be talking about bluff catching, how to do it, when to do it, and when not to do it, because I think most people do it too much. We will be talking about the concept of minimum defense frequency, and then in subsequent installments, we'll look at some examples of how this plays out in specific situations and how you can use this theory and these concepts to help you make better bluff catching and better folding decisions. So for everyone who has an all-in access pass, you can go ahead to solve for yio and check that out. If you don't, you can get a two, sign up for uh, the monthly and you will get a two-week free trial. You'll be able to watch this course in a day. So, I mean, this course, other courses, um, I absolutely love uh, Brooks's courses. I, I don't know how many he's done for us now. Maybe um, half a dozen, maybe not that many, five, four or five. Four or five, yeah, yeah I think. Two His few. courses, uh, the man right to my right here, Mr. Matt Hunt, you you and him, uh, those are my favorite courses on, on the uh on the site, you guys Thank break you. things down so well. So everybody, uh, if you want to go out and check that out, go to sulfurwide.io and, um, you know, watch it for free with the free trial. When are we going to get the tortoise course? Uh, no. The tortoise course is... How to be a tortoise. Uh, no, how to finish 14th in the class. I think, <laughs> aren't you releasing a, a trailer at the academy? I am releasing a trailer. I should, yes. But we do have an academy coming up. It is going to be a September 1st to the 3rd. Uh, it's going to be back to the old format. It's a three-day academy, lecture in the morning, and then uh, gameplay in the afternoon. You can go to academy.solvefory.io For more info on that, Mr. Matt Hunt will be there, along with Berkey, along with Landon, giving you all the deets on how to, uh, you know, win live cash games. Yeah. Alrighty, I guess we're going to jump into first topic of conversation being the reports that there was like a shooting going on at Texas Cardhouse in Houston. And I'm probably not equipped to be the one to report on it. So we have a nice clip for you of what did happen from better newscasters than myself. On 2A security myself. guards being called a hero tonight after taking on armed robbers in a shootout at a spring poker room. The guard survived after being shot multiple times. KPRC2's Corley Peel spoke with the guard's boss and an employee who are both praising that guard tonight. Corley. The car dealer I spoke with says he had just walked back into Texas Card House after taking a break, and with a matter of seconds, shots were fired. He says he believes the reason why no one inside was seriously hurt is because Officer Jackson stopped the suspects. Hours after a gun battle at Texas Card House, Andrew says he feels lucky to be alive. Uh, the shooting, once it started, it seemed like it didn't stop. It was repeated. There were at least 20 shots fired. Andrew is a car dealer. He asked us not to show his face. He says the security guard, Officer Jackson, took seven bullets, protecting everyone inside. He saved our lives. Every one of us inside that building, myself included, owe our lives to that man. Officer Jackson's boss, Tommy Wilson, says surveillance cameras show he was ambushed after four men showed up trying to rob the poker room. We could see those individuals exit the vehicle creeping like they didn't want to be seen. And as soon as Officer Jackson turned his back to this parking lot, they ambushed him from the back. 
and everybody uh, started shooting. The suspects took off, leaving behind this gun. Andrew says Officer Jackson managed to tell everyone inside the coast was clear. What would you say to him right now? Uh, there are no words. Uh, thank you for what you did. Like you, I mean, you truly, like you put your life on the line for us. You didn't have to. Like, Andrew is grateful. Officer Jackson lived to know that he is a hero. Officer Jackson's boss and Andrew both tell me they had a chance to visit him in the hospital today. They say he is doing well and he is expected to recover. They are grateful for that and they said that he is expected to go into surgery today. But again, they are grateful that he survived. Now, the Harris County Sheriff's Office says surveillance video did capture that shooting. They have not released it at this time, but they're urging anyone who has any information about those suspects to come forward. Reporting live from Spring, Corley Peel, KPRC 2 News. Yeah, so, <clears throat> I mean, the report did way better than, than I would have been able to do on, on that stuff. So, I guess the topic of conversation would be how do we feel about the security of, call it, card rooms versus things like casinos. Like, we did have that stuff happen at Bally's last year, you know? Um, who that, was, that was a false alarm, though, right? I think so. Along those you lines, mean horseshoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like at horseshoe, there's a little I, whole hysteria I, thing I, that I did that happen. Was, it, I thought that was like a, a pane of glass broke. Yeah, and it was someone like, thought it was a gunshot. Right, and then yeah, there might have been kids throwing firecrackers or something. Yeah, it, maybe but it was. It was, it. it was something that wasn't actually right, and it shooter. wasn't even at it, yeah, and it like it trickled all the way, like somehow it trickled all the way through all the, strip. the way down the strip. That's yeah, what I heard. yeah, yeah. People were like in a panic. Day, yeah, yeah. It was weird, strange day. Um. But yeah, so I guess where do we stand when it comes yeah. to the security measures taken that we think that we know of in both instances, <laughs> yeah, so as I, well as the perception of right, safety? Right, right. Obviously, um, you know, they did have a, like, so I don't know the exact uh, security measure, measures at, um, at the Texas card house. Obviously, they have at least one guard, Officer Jackson. Thank God that he, you know, is going to uh, survive and recover from these injuries. I, I guess he got shot seven times, which is wild. Um, but so I don't know if they actually have guards inside and outside, but, um, yeah, it, it, it's, I mean, it's scary because, you know, obviously he was like ambushed, attacked. And then I, I I'm, a, I'm guessing it just kind of, it didn't go according to plan for the, uh, for, for the, the, the robbers, you know, they, yeah. right. So they probably expected to just like subdue him and then go in rob the place and leave and then you know there ends up being this shootout they shoot him a bunch of times and then they're probably like oh we better get the hell out of here we're gonna get you know charged for murder right um so then they just they just left and then they haven't been caught yet so um yeah i mean it's strange because the officer definitely prevented you know the place from being robbed and who knows who knows what would happen inside maybe if they did start shooting then like uh like the, that dealer said you know maybe he did save all their lives right but also we don't know maybe they just would have went in robbed the place and left which is probably a better situation in my opinion than you know a shootout happening outside because then right. once bullets start flying that's when people can get killed and that the i mean the, the security guy was incredibly lucky well, right. Like you, and yeah. if you get shot seven times and you survive, like right. that's wild. Mm -hmm. Right. So we very easily could, <clears throat> excuse me, could have been looking at a situation here where, you know, a, a bullet flies differently. The security guard dies. They get in anyway, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it could have been an absolute Somebody else nightmare. catches a stray bullet. A couple yeah. People I mean, die, there's right. all sorts of ways this could have gone that would have been really, really bad. Mm -hmm. And obviously this guy, like, probably did way more than like he's probably not getting paid enough to like Definitely get, shot, get right. shot seven times yes. and risk his life Nobody for these people so like paid, yeah amazing you know heroism obviously but like the it's kind of scary to think about how bad this could have been mm -hmm. with only a small difference in like how accurate those guys were who were shooting at the security guard you yeah know? right definitely pretty scary i wonder what the standard protocol is as far as all the um the card rooms in Texas. I have a feeling that they only have one security guard per room. I could be wrong, um, but it sounds like if there were more than one, um, 
we were to hear, we would have heard about it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like mm -hmm. if if there's more than one security guard, right? Even if they're inside the building, like they if you hit, you hit gunshots yeah. outside, right. you're yeah. gonna run out to help the guy, right. right? So like, mm -hmm. when you think about the idea that maybe there was just this one guy yeah. protecting a poker room that probably has a massive amount mm -hmm. of money inside. Not only that, stuff. this is one of the bigger card rooms there, right? Uh, I don't know, actually. I don't know which ones are the biggest ones. Okay. But yeah, you, you start to think about like, is that really enough? Like, do they, you know, expecting this one guy to yeah. not only put his I, life on the line? We don't know for sure, right? Maybe, right. maybe, maybe there were officers inside and, they, sure. and, their, and their protocol is to stay inside and protect the people. Yeah. Right? I mean, so that, we don't know for be, sure. That could but, be it. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. if, if, it, if it's just <clears throat> one guy, then mm -hmm. you're in a position where, like I say, like if... If the security guard gets gets you know um, I don't know like Overrun. immobilized yeah, like right, if he right. or if he just gets shot and just just gets shot in the head and dies immediately mm -hmm. yeah like like these guys who just have free reign right, right so like right. it's it's a it's a pretty scary thought to think about mm -hmm. how much jeopardy there might be like in another instance like that if. If, if it is just one guy trying to protect the whole place, you know? And it's obviously a bigger deterrent if it becomes standard to have three or four guys now working at these places. But again, I don't know what the margins are for these card rooms, and I'm sure it's probably a lot more expensive to have four guys on it at one time. Um, but that certainly, I think, would deter people from trying to pull these kinds of things off if they know there's ramped up security. Yeah. yeah and, it, sure. it, and at the same time, like, even if they, they hire more security, it's not like these these are, like ex you know black ops guys like right these are, yeah yeah don't, these are not that high-end private security that are like bodyguarding mm -hmm. rich people like yeah 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 we're not yeah I, I, that's what i said i don't i don't know the level of um you know experience that, they, that these guys have mm -hmm. maybe they are ex-military maybe not i'm not sure but I, it it sounds like the guys who perpetrated this they don't sound like hardened you know experienced bank robbers or right. whatever you know mm -hmm. like they they kind of got a little spooked by the resistance they faced and they yeah. ran away yeah you know? so it, it it does sound like there's suspicion that uh these are the same guys that have tried to rob multiple places multiple oh really houses okay. before yeah Interesting. are we aware of sec casino security measures and what goes on or well, like we, how much are we aware we, of that we stuff? know that there's it's uh, you know the the difference between the in you know, the card houses and casinos is night and day, right? I mean, they have cameras everywhere. They have security out the ass. They have, and and that is a deterrent. I mean, of course, you do see you know casinos being robbed here and there, but I think it's a lot different. Um, you know, when there's just one or two guards, you're in a strip mall in the parking lot. There's not, you know, it's probably, I, you know, it, it, it's a lot different than someone who has to try to go into a casino and then get out, and and so. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, right. Like, like I, I, I feel very safe walking into a casino, playing poker sure. and leaving, yeah. um, as opposed to, you know, being in one of these card houses. I wonder how that works as well. If they go and just rob the cage and like, let's say you're playing a cash game, like I assume the card house takes the hit. Like if I just get up with my chips now after the place has been robbed, like I'm still able to cash out, I'm assuming, right? I have no idea. I mean, yeah, I, would, I, would, I would hope. I would think, but uh, yeah. Oh, so it, it, I mean, maybe it's like a full tilt situation where they're like, oh, we don't have your money anymore. Right, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it's a weird one. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what, what they could do to start preventing this stuff. I was talking to Landon on the way over. Um, maybe, like, figuring out a way to go cashless, right? Like, maybe mm. have, like, an account. You have an account set up at these places where you just load your account up and then play off of that, and you never have to bring cash in or out. Cashless poker would be Yeah, yeah. Well, they do that for tournament stops in the uk like when mm -hmm. i played ept mm -hmm. london yeah. it was all cashless you could not give money you to, can't walk in there with like and, and buy into a ten thousand you can't walk in cash. there with like five packets like being a thousand dollars so what you have to like load your like stars count you account, have to put then, money in you, the hippodrome account and then they take that or other ways to do it was through mm -hmm. luxon pay yeah yeah so there are other ways to have money and mm -hmm. do stuff like that. But it was certainly a hassle for younger guys. Like I have some friends in the UK poker scene that are pretty young. And if you're under 25, you like have deposit limits and you have to mm -hmm. kind of prove yeah. how you have your money because of the gambling laws and things along those lines. Mm -hmm. Where here, like you just show up with money wherever you want and yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can just go gamble. Yeah, I think the, it was a little bit more... Hello, Orange Cat. Um, 
it, not cashless, but like there was a lot less cash going around in the Bahamas as well. Like I think mm-hmm. they had a lot more mechanisms in place for people to pay tournament buy-ins and things like that using other methods besides cash. And yeah, and I mean as it as feels like a good thing, right? As as you know, technology progresses in different ways. Like you know, we see with crypto and that kind of stuff. You there there are ways to just you know not have cash, and I think obviously the more we move towards that, the less we will see places like this being targeted but until then i think i i mean it's sad to say but this this is not going to be the last incident in texas right because this seems like every so every few months we see something like this happening it's not the first one right it's not the first one it's it's almost certainly not going to be the last one so something needs to be done sometimes it's not even card room attacks or like things Mm -hmm. outside of a parking lot and that's anywhere right right? so it's just a matter of Trying to keep yourself and do the due diligence mm-hmm. and being like as safe as possible. Yeah. And Texas probably has, you know, the most lax gun laws in, in the, you know, in the country. So it's, it's, it's very easy for people to obtain or have guns and, and, you know, go, go into a place. It, like yeah. This I mean, and, it just, it just seems like if you, if you are a business that's going to have a massive amount of cash on site mm-hmm. in Texas. Right you're going to be vulnerable yeah. because it has like mm-hmm. the highest number of guns per capita. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a lot of money sitting around and it's a, you know, it's an environment where people, a bunch of guys with guns could just be like, Hey, let's rob this place yeah. because they're not going to have great security. Right. Like it's, it, yeah, you put two and two together over time. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to get stuff like that. Right. Happening, and so. I, I'm sure I'm sure like, and I don't know, you know, like I said, I, we don't know the exact security uh, measures of all these places i'm sure maybe some places in texas are more secure than others and and but uh you know uh i think something definitely has to be done and and this is just like you know they they want to keep uh you know moving legislation forward and and, and helping to to get everything you know very regulated in in texas and i think the more of these incidents that happen it that which takes to make it a step back, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it just, it gives people more reason to say, well, look, you know, having more gambling brings more violence. Mm-hmm. Like, right. it, it gives people mm-hmm. ammunition, so to speak, to, <laughs> to, uh, to make that argument, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. it, it just makes everybody look bad. Yeah, the, I mean, the cashless in situation seems pretty interesting. Like, the less money in right, around... Right, if there's no money to rob, then, then, there, then yeah, there's you, no incentive to... to show up with a bunch of guns yeah. yeah i think some things are a lot easier to do in theory than in practice right uh sometimes they make it easier uh mm-hmm. cue the transition to gto ai <laughs> oh there we go uh, that yeah. just segue. recently came out that's my job you know i'm good at these things i try yeah um so yeah <clears throat> we've seen the community kind of have mixed feelings about gto ai coming out where effectively ruse was its own thing partnered with gto wizard and now you have the ability to look up a lot of spots with very high accuracy um and some people are concerned about the future of online poker because of it Hmm. and i think we should first start by looking at it in two ways one being cash and the other being tournaments because i think that this stuff impacts tournaments in a much different way than it does cash yeah. Uh, I guess we can preface and start with cash being that Patrick Howard, someone that uh, works for Poker Detox, uh, put I out. Know, I don't know if he does anymore. I think he might have really? split, split off from Detox. Interesting. I think. I'm not sure. Okay. I, I think I saw that on his Twitter somewhere a while back. Okay. Because, yeah, when I was there, that's kind of how I met him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. De- I mean, I, Detox, I worked so. with him a little bit when I was at Detox. And he came out with a, a tweet thread basically saying, challenging anybody to open up play money tables and see how easy it is to play a bunch of tables in real time. And he thinks that he wants to use some basic math to figure out how, if you're only one to two tabling, how can you make $50,000 in EV if you're winning at roughly five big blinds per hundred? And he makes it seem as if one KNL and less shouldn't be too worried about it. Mm-hmm. And then also looking up, uh, if you do get caught, the ramifications for doing so means you lose all your money, you get banned, and there's no recourse in getting the funds back. So there's also this extra risk of it's not just a free uh, be-all, end-all of people having the answers to a bunch of different spots. Um, where <clears throat> there is some sort of pushback, and I ran a Twitter Spaces last night actually for a few hours, and Daniel was in there kind of fighting the good fight, being the ambassador of the people. And we kind of had this back and forth where he's of the impression that it's not going to not necessarily change much, 
But when it comes to the stuff that's going on, this stuff's always been happening. And there's definitely uproar at the start. And then we'll kind of see how things go. And then my take is people are going to be a lot more proficient in higher equity spots. And let's just look at that from a cash game perspective, right? You start looking up four bet pots in real time. You look up spots that you don't necessarily know very well versus the spots that you do know pretty well. Hmm. Like if you know if a spot is a range bet, because most people are still going to be relatively proficient being winners at high stakes poker, they'll know what spots are range bets to study. They're not really going to be looking at the easy spots, so to speak, but more of the complex or interesting ones after maybe check raise checking in a three by pot mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how to not lose EV anymore. And that could be very, very dangerous. Like these low frequency spots, kind of like where like you're not going to, so you're saying you, it's hard to study every spot, right? Correct. Well, but, it's impossible. But you can get into a very um, high equity situation and that you haven't studied and then you can just look it up real quick and then boom, you get mm -hmm. the answer. Yeah. And of course, uh, the wizard, <laughs> I like using the wizard, the wizard is going to want to work on security protocols and things along those lines, because for them, <clears throat> the longer poker exists, the more their tool is applicable, where if poker just becomes an online wasteland and nobody gets to play or win anymore, they lose their business too. So they're incentivized to have things in place that allows them to still have market share, but also not completely, I don't know if apocalyptic is the right word, you know, but they don't want it to become a wasteland where no one plays anymore. Just like yeah. collapse the market, basically. Yeah. Like if, cause yeah, like you say, if, if the popularity of poker decreases, you can't run a business based on you know, people who want to study poker. Like user accrual. Right, exactly. How can you get more people if they're all leaving? <laughs> yeah, precisely. They, they need to make sure that, that their business model is something that as poker continues to grow, they can continue to grow as well. Like if they start doing stuff that kills online poker long-term or, or affects the future of poker negatively, of course it negatively, negatively affects them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I guess a topic of conversation that I brought up yesterday, um, which I would like, curious to hear you guys' opinion on, would be that, let's say, well, first, sites and training operators never really worked together in mm -hmm. some ways, you know? We're now with the Ruse, or with the Wizard AI, it kind of makes sense for, for poker sites online to do security checks to work with these database lookups. Mm -hmm. But the issue, in my opinion, could be if new custom companies come up that aren't working with sites where let's say uh, a site, like let's just use, for example, the wizard uh, is partnered with, let's just say like GG from the stuff that we saw on the felt or whatever. And now if you play on GG, uh, they have your, the hands that you've played and you can see if you looked up stuff because the wizard and the GG are like, are together. Mm -hmm. Where now if you have a different database lookup that isn't involved in that as a third party and says, hey, if you use this, we have the, basically the exact same features, but you wouldn't get caught. Right. These things are definitely possible and if not public, already private because we yeah. know how slow public is to market integration with For private For sure, stuff. and I think the, the issue that we deal with is the same as we, we always deal with with any kind of technological thing like this is that it's just an arms race, right? It's just like Wizard came out with this AI. Okay, that proves it's possible to do this. Now, someone out there who has you know, nefarious intent that wants to, wants to cheat is going to say, how can we do this but without getting detected by whatever measures are in place for the sites. And eventually, technology will reach the point where somebody who has the right incentives and the right access will, or at least could, find some way to just build something that gets around whatever safeguards are in place. And so the safeguards get stronger, and then the tech gets stronger, and the safeguards do, and et cetera, et cetera, right? So we just get locked in this endless battle to stay one step ahead of the curve. And I made a tweet yesterday or the day before that was just kind of talking about how like unless we can figure out a way to make an unsolvable version of poker we're always going to be stuck in this situation mm -hmm. unless there's a way to make the game to to add some sort of non-mathematical aspect to the game some sort of aspect that you can't like like live poker with tells and things like that like unless there's a way to make it impossible not just difficult but impossible to use technology conceptually to solve something we're always going to be dealing with this problem because the tech's always going to get better the security gets better and it goes back and forth like that yeah
Yep. So <clears throat> I guess it's a good shift into the tournament segment of it all where there's definitely a big difference when it comes to the roadmap of what the wizard is trying to accomplish and things that they should do because they are important for studying and being used as tools. <clears throat> the issue is when the tool becomes the, uh, the player, for yeah. lack of a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. So now if you're looking at ICM spots, you're looking at ICM post-flop, you're looking at final two tables of tournaments where now if you're making deep runs, this is just a different version of ghosting, right? Where before you were being ghosted by a human that may or may not have the right answer based off of previous track record or experience or things along those lines versus a mathematically solved thing that we've agreed has at the very least a win rate. Mm -hmm. It's arguable what to what extent it's winning yeah. right but we know that this is a winning tool in today's climate yeah. and we as a market or an industry have become a lot smarter than days of old where the toughest thing the, the cheating was just ghosting right where now it's like okay the cheating is this machine that can at some point if we're looking not too far into the future but couple years maybe where you can input payouts for a tournament input stack depths at a final table and now see what your ranges are supposed to be in every spot for every hand yeah. now that gets very very dangerous mm -hmm. so there's a bunch of different solutions that people are trying to come up with but um i think patrick uh leonard a lot of patrick's today uh <laughs> so patrick leonard uh put out a tweet thread about how he sees the wizard ai coming out being one of like the biggest, most important days in in uh, in poker's recent uh, history. That's uh, still Patrick Howard's. There we go. Where he at? I'm trying to find it on my end, just because. Uh, I I uh, I think this thread brings up a lot of good points. I think that um, Pad's kind of. I, I'm glad that he clarified that. You know, he's spoken to the guys at Wizard, and that they aren't out there like trying to kill poker or you know that, that they do care about game integrity and things like that because yeah i mean they, they should because they, it, it directly benefits of them course. for, and, for and them like, not to like kill I poker say, as someone who makes content for wizard like mm -hmm. if i felt like they were out there trying to kill poker or trying right. to help people cheat like i wouldn't be making yeah. content for them you know so yeah. like yeah full disclosure manhunt does make of course, uh, videos yeah, like, for i guess i i, you know, I have i have an investment yeah. in this in the sense that mm -hmm. you know it, i i use these types of tools like i enjoy using them to study and everything. Um, I obviously don't use them in real time, but a big part of, <laughs> I hope not. you know, of course, <laughs> of course, but like uh, a big part of this debate, I think has become, I think there's an atmosphere now where a lot of people who don't necessarily have close familiarity with GTO wizard are starting to root for wizard to fail because they think that wizard is like this, evil company that's out there trying mm -hmm. to kill poker you know? yeah it becomes e-corp to some yeah people. precisely like it's a mr robot reference yeah. right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so like wizard becomes this all-powerful poker company that's like they have all these tools and they're all trying to make the games impossible to win in and like that's just not how it is it's not how it is at all but at the same time i think there are obviously concerns that we have to address in the future and and um there's a lot of good debate going on right now about how exactly we actually do that. Yeah, so I guess I'll, you don't have to go back to the tweet thread because I have it to the right of me. But I guess we'll start with Patrick's thinking that like PLO might become a much bigger game in the mm. recent, uh, like recent present, just because now with all of these tools and lookups for games that are solved, like vanilla tournaments, rather than like the PKOs and deeper sort of more complex spots, if we're looking at Chip EV specifically. Bring back seven card stud. Bring back mixed games, right? Yeah. So now mixed maybe, game, maybe mixed right? games come back. PLO mm -hmm. has a boom because PLO has so much action and gamble. And last night, Daniel was, was talking about this. We, look what we saw on uh, Hustler. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> right? the Hustler streams are, yeah. are absolutely cooking because it's just high stakes gambling. And the pre-flop mistakes that people do make aren't as costly in a game like PLO where there's so much more variance mm -hmm. than No Limit. 
Right. Like Daniel gave an example where if somebody calls a three bet out of position with six four off in no limit, they're drawing dead. Right. Somebody calls with like a jack six four seven single like single suit. It's is it bad? Yeah, it's bad, but you can still win. Right. Right. The loss rate is not mm-hmm. the same in something like no limit. Yeah. So maybe this leads to PLO becoming a bigger game, and we're kind of seeing that now with the exposure it's getting call, from the hustler scene. Don't call a six <laughs> four off opposition. You weren't doing that anyways, Brian. I was gonna say like when when have Fully you ever king there? When, yeah. When have you ever done that? I think the 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 thing that I'm sort of the thing that makes me a little apprehensive about the idea of like some huge PLO boom is I feel like for the most part, PLO is mostly popular with people who already got into poker through No Limit Hold'em. I don't think I see too many people coming across PLO as their first encounter with poker and then just immediately getting that before they play No Limit. Mm-hmm. So I still think that there's a lot of attraction about no limit hold'em because of the simplicity of understanding it that whole cliche about it takes a minute to learn a lifetime to master you know um and i i wouldn't feel too confident about plo being an easy game for people to pick up and get into poker for the first time as as their vehicle so i plo is great you know plo is fun it's a it's a great game but i also think that it's I can't see a future where it's somehow, <clears throat> excuse me, where it's somehow just because it's less easily solved. Like I can't see a future where it somehow grows beyond the old. Right, it's right. There, there's complex. no like. There's not going to be like the flippening of uh, of you know <laughs> the flippening. Yeah, where the two games right, change right, right. Where they talk yeah. about that in like in crypto, right? Where like they're saying oh, like okay. where, where where Ethereum is eventually market cap is going to overtake Bitcoin and. You know, it's probably not gonna. Some people think it will happen, but it's never gonna happen. Like Bitcoin is no limit hold'em, and Pillow is Ethereum essentially okay. in this situation. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not enough yeah. of a crypto guy to to know that that's what you were referencing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a it's a good way to describe it. I don't right. think there's gonna be a flippening. Right. Yeah, I don't think that no limit hold'em is gonna be a less popular game, but more so that Pillow will just get some of the people that do play no limit already to yeah. maybe start dabbling and playing more things. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the idea of adding new gimmicks to games makes them a little bit more interesting yeah, to me. I think like, so. At the start, people were upset that PKOs made up more of the daily structure, where most of the time you only want to buy in once mm-hmm. and maybe twice if you like bust super early level one, because the later you register, the less your chips are going to be worth as you don't cover as many people and things along those lines, the ability to collect some of the prize mm-hmm. pool. Yeah. Where now it's like, oh, these games are still protected for a little bit longer because the answers are never clear, right? right? Mm-hmm. Asymmetric stacks plus bounty prizes are different. Bounty math adds different things and layers to the game or maybe people are making mistakes and not fighting for bounties enough or not ISOing enough or things along those lines, mm-hmm. right? So adding new gimmicks to a game, not, not trying to change no limit, hold them as a whole, right? Not trying to add extra cards. Yeah. We're not trying to remove any cards, but more so trying to find ways that makes poker more brain solvy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I said yesterday, and I thought it was a pretty like punctual statement that the easier game is to solve, the less we want it in the arena. Right, 100%. The e- like the easier you get the answer, the more people just have the ability to now get that answer. That's why Limit Hold'em died. It's because yeah. that limit hold'em, or I mean, I guess it didn't technically completely die, but like, right. it's it's why it was no longer the game of choice because there there were too many obvious right answers, you know, too many obvious things that's like this is just objectively the best way to play this hand, mm-hmm. and we've we reached the point of solving limit hold'em back in the like game 20- tree is as much less. Yeah, the, like uh, limit hold'em was solved in like 2014 or something, you know, like mm. almost 10 years ago. So like the I, <clears throat> I think there's a lot more potential in, in mixed games growing. Like I want personally, I want to see No Limit Deuce to Seven grow because I think that game is so. I, I honestly enjoy watching that game more than I enjoy watching. No I, Limit you know, Holden. yeah, I did. I watched uh, when uh, Jay Mercer won his bracelet. I, yeah, I, I pretty much watched the whole final table, and I, you know, I, I really didn't know much about uh, yeah. the game it, itself, and I was like, I was very intrigued the entire fun, time. I was like, I game. need to start playing this game. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I hope other games do grow. You know, I mm-hmm. hope we respond to this by saying, okay, let's help these other games grow. Let's play these other games. Let's let's dive into these games that aren't easily solved, you know? Yeah. I mean, 
it's it's the tough in between because people having this naysay approach of poker is dying is mostly coming from strictly an online environment as mm -hmm. this year like live poker has been bigger than it ever was this yeah. is the biggest recorded main event field that we've ever seen yeah mm -hmm. and why would there be any reason that for next year it wouldn't be any yeah. uh yeah. Any different. The, the people I feel really bad for at this point in time are the people who live in countries where there's very little live poker and online poker is their only real access to poker as a whole. Yeah. And so I do think we're in a problematic position where we risk it, it once online poker does become like, you know, once it does become much more, even more apocalyptic than it already is, we risk being in this position where there's only specific countries in the world that really have significant access to poker. And that obviously restricts the game's potential for growing worldwide long term because you, you're going to have certain countries that if they, can't ha if they can't play online and they don't have live, it's just a dead zone for poker. And that obviously, you know, it's, it's bad for the game long term. So yeah. I feel bad for those people. Yeah, uh, I guess kind of going through a bunch of different points here that I think are a little bit more important than others. Um, this year we kind of saw, I don't know if this was the first time, ever maybe you guys can help me with that but for an online event they had a live final table so maybe there's some sort of shifting going on between real name versus account names mm -hmm. and yeah. having I mean, everything I guess they kind of did that for the main event for the for yeah. the covid main event they right? did they, do that yeah. mm -hmm. at the same time um when it comes down to having more uh, let's, well, I guess we could start with the bigger things and then maybe go to potentially some smaller things too, where if someone's playing a daily schedule, they can still win ten, like five <coughs> figures a week if they run pretty well, where these final tables can be worth a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Where at what point do we think that having live final tables for events with a certain, call it prize threshold, um, become more prevalent in today's space? I I personally think for bracelet events that run specifically in like Vegas, New Jersey. Yeah, like region locked, uh, region locked web like online arenas. I think it's a great idea. I think if you put because you're already there, it's not like someone has to travel across the world. Precisely. Yeah. I, th I but I also think that you could quite easily do a thing where you have an online series where all the final tables take place in the same location mm. over a, like a two-week period. Yeah. And so, you know, people play a bunch of online tournaments in some nationwide festival or global festival. And then if you make... <laughs> GG a, World Festival. Right. And then, yeah. and then you, like a month later, everyone meets exactly. up in Vegas and if plays If you make it out. a final table, maybe they add to the prize pool like travel packages right. for the final yeah. tables or mm -hmm. something. Like doing stuff like that for big events, I think is a cool that, idea That sounds well. pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I, that's interesting. Cause I, yeah, I mean, I never really thought of it in that way, but that way it maybe can potentially work where instead of like a good example would be for the bracelet event that Sam Solver won of the online, like live hybrid mix, yeah. they played the final table the day after, but mm -hmm. if somebody final tabled that tournament from New Jersey, because you're allowed to play that yeah. bracelet event from New Jersey, right. you now have to fly from where you're going to Vegas to get there and then go back to doing your normal Th thing, which could deter some recreational players from playing. That's exactly what I mean. Like, I don't think that's that fair. I don't think that's particularly fair when it's not just Nevada that's allowed to play. But if they had given them even a week, even four days or something, like you could make it happen in a way where it becomes a bit more feasible for the New Jersey players. And then if you were to double down on that and make it like all the online final tables happen in the last couple of weeks of the series or something like mm -hmm. that, or uh, I don't know, whatever else they want to do. But it's a bit like when WPT does those things where they have, they, they hire out the HyperX eSports arena for, and then they'll do like three back-to-back -back final right. tables yeah. in three days um, of events that happened six months previously. Right, mm -hmm. like you know, like Florida and then Choctaw. Yeah, and then they do all the final tables. Like you could, you could just have WSOP do that, but expanded. Right, they could do a whole bunch of online events throughout the year, and then all the final tables happen in Vegas during the series. Like, there's a bunch of ways you could do this to neutralize the the possibility of people just like ghosting, buying accounts, VPNing, multiple, shit like multiple that. Multiple accounts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the same thing could then be said to copy-paste the structure for something like Stars doing Scoop or doing WCoop, where you play all of the events, and then there is a certain window of time to play out the final tables of 
maybe some of the bigger ones and someone some you don't need to have mm -hmm. as a final table. Yeah. Like maybe for smaller maybe smaller stakes ones where mm -hmm. it's less like uh less up top, you know. Like cost the cost of going right. isn't really it costs mm -hmm. more to go to this venue yeah. than it is to play the FT. Yeah. But for the bigger higher stakes stuff where you're playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars where these concerns are definitely around the corner of having in real time, ICM preflop ranges, being able to play mm -hmm. spots perfectly, being mm -hmm. able to play PKO stuff per perfectly, where if you can have some of these things played at a certain, during a certain duration of time that people are aware of before entering the tournament. And sure, maybe you get some people to not play the tournament anymore, but you also might get some people saying, hey, this is how they're combating the security fears that I've faced because I have a bunch of friends everyone knows people that doesn't play online because they think that there's something going on 100%. they think that there's cheating going on in some regards or site being rigged this that whatever um but having these live final tables definitely takes away that element of the the fears that can yeah it, that can come up it combats both rta and multi-accounting like it, it combats two things at once right so i i think it's uh I don't want to say it's a no-brainer, but I think it's a really good pathway that they've started themselves on by having this one event, and I hope they do more of it. It's, it's tough because people are always going to have the concerns of gaming the system, but you can mm -hmm. always game any system. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. there's always going to be ways to get around it when it comes to the whole RTA multi-account where if people kind of have a stable and then their horses play and then they play up mm -hmm. to FT and then their horse has to play FT, that's still... the a difference than somebody that's not them playing the final table for the most amount of money mm -hmm. and i guess uh daniel said yesterday on the spaces um there's just so much like knowledge that i had no information of because how, how the fuck could i know anything um but he was saying that when it comes to player versus player type of transactions the site can't get involved right mm -hmm. someone's not actively cheating the site so the site yeah. can't really do anything like they're not he said of course if i was if i was like king of the castle i would want to say who we banned and why we banned them mm -hmm. but that's a security breach that sites cannot touch yeah so mm -hmm. there are some things that we just can't know from a public perspective because of legal issues mm -hmm. of things outside of the poker community yeah so like the more that we put things into our own hands and trying to find ways and solutions and maybe there starts to be some form of Patrick was talking about having like a un like a union of not union wrong word but like a group of well like highly respected people in the industry coming together and kind of having a conversation about what they think is best for the game to then have operators of sites and of live venues then listen and then kind of go back and forth as to what they think is the most crucial for keeping the game alive. Because I think that's the big thing here is how we see poker continue to exist versus become the smash and grab mm -hmm. kind of apocalyptic right. era of right at the end of the day we want, we want the game to survive and thrive. And I think mm -hmm. operators want that as well because mm -hmm. the longer the game runs, the more money they make. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of a and now I think more so than ever, higher stakes pros are aware of ecosystem flaws. Like with games dying pros lose money where before if people stopped playing you know there were still ways to win at high high stakes where now with this all this lookup tools and things along those lines it makes it much more of the player's responsibility to try to help out where they can and say hey i want to keep this game running how can i help you do these things and how do we get to a a uh a mutual agreement like gg had that high stakes boycott which went super mm -hmm. super well and mm -hmm. elki obviously was a great ambassador for the cash game side of things talking to gg reps and getting that stuff all sorted and figured out so now it's just a matter of being able to do that in kind of a larger scale yeah <laughs> he got, he got me. you he got he got, he got he, you i know he digging shows. his claws into my thigh um but yeah like there's definitely that in between of trying to have everybody on the same page of how do we keep the game growing versus saying, okay, I think we've reached the ceiling and now it's all downhill from here. Mm -hmm. How do we get the most money from the ecosystem? Yeah, and I think a, a big part of that whole um, safeguarding the future of the game thing is to address this perception that you, you kind of mentioned a minute ago where people are starting, where everybody knows people that don't play online because they have security fears. Right, you know? yeah. And I still, I still hear stuff from, from people that I talk to like, students of mine and, and other recreational players that I that come into contact with, I still hear people saying like, oh, I don't trust this site. I don't trust that site. 
I don't play online because of this or that or, or you know, you, you hear it at the table all the time as well, like at live events, like you'll hear people Especially say Especially like, at live events, right. Yeah, you'll mm -hmm. just hear people saying, I don't trust online, I don't mm -hmm. play online. Um, but the last thing we want is for that trust to erode in the game as a whole. Because if, if people start thinking that it's not just a question of online poker being suspect in some way, but if people start to, to believe that they're being cheated when they're playing live in some way, if people start to not feel like their money is secure, all these things, these do, at least in my opinion, these do a lot more damage to the long-term future of the game than any individual piece of technology or any individual advancement in how we learn and how we study. Because in the end, if, if recreational players stop feeling like they can confidently play poker for fun without risking being cheated or having money stolen from them mm -hmm. or whatever if wrecks stop playing for fun that's when the game truly dies yeah and because, i mean it goes back yeah. to the whole you know uh situation we have going on in texas too because it's like exactly. you know like that's a big ecosystem there's a lot of money in texas there's a lot of players they all want players we, we want poker to you know thrive in texas right mm -hmm. if it grows in texas it's, it's all that's just gonna be good for the game everywhere so hopefully they can figure out a situation to you know uh get the, get the security measures down where where people don't have to fear being shot or robbed i mean yeah. we've but, come so far as a community from when poker first became a thing online like daniel was telling stories about this place called planet poker i yep. used to play on planet that was the first i put that was the first uh site i've ever played on i was in, in my freshman year in college planet poker i heard it had like my, sounds my and stuff play, it'd be like it was part of that. and then like you might disconnect sometimes but who would have thought that way back when, when that stuff existed now, uh, call it 20 years mm -hmm. since then, we yep. now have people being able to have careers as strictly playing online tournaments so they can not just make money, but make seven figures yeah. if you end up drilling off a tournament. It's mm -hmm. truly crazy how far we've come in such a short time. And with new industries, there's always going to be new problems. Like it's a new version of the wild, wild west now. Right. Where mm -hmm. back, way back when, like you got caught cheating, like you may or may not be in a desert somewhere. Where now yeah. it's just like <laughs> the cheating that goes on is with uh, a lot stronger of like technology. Mm -hmm. But it also means that the people that are trying to keep the things safe have that technology and maybe things that even more that we don't even know of. Yeah. Right. It's not like a site's going to tell you how they're keeping it secure. No. Now, nowadays, when you, when you get found cheating, you just get buried up to your neck in the desert on social media. Like, <laughs> yeah, you basically just get flamed until you're out of the exactly. community. Yeah. Like you, just, you just get metaphorically mm -hmm. murdered yeah. by everybody on social Canceled. media. You don't get yeah. actually shot right. in the head. Some might even argue it's kind of worse because now you have to live with the disrespect of your peers. I guess we should ask Ali whether it's worse or not. <laughs> yeah, it was coming. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is kind of... It, it's a strange thing now when it comes to the ramifications of the punishments for mm -hmm. something like this because you can make so much money but when it comes to court of law they won't see it the same as like grand larceny right you know because how can you explain ev to a jury yeah. how can you explain that this person took x amount of money through these reasons yeah i right. mean fucking possible got away with it like yeah for all intents and purposes mm -hmm. right yeah like i mean he's a deadbeat now or whatever but like he he got away with the cheating that he clearly and very obviously did you mm -hmm. know and it was in large part because it's incredibly difficult to convince uh, a courtroom of you know cheating at gambling because right. they, yeah like the the complexities of, of poker are just super hard for someone who's outside the game to understand in a in a short and simple way that that can allow you to say yeah this guy definitely cheated you know mm -hmm. and um it, it, at the same time variance is such that like in the postal case they were able to just say well you can't a hundred percent say he didn't just run yeah the, like the, it's the a bar fair, for reasonable yeah. doubt is much lower right, right. Exactly. it's so a like, fair argument too mm -hmm. like it mm -hmm. makes sense like how can can yeah. you really prove that this guy's cheating right it's likely but how it's, how likely it's mm -hmm. yeah it's likely enough that everybody agrees on it but that's not the standard for for proving it, for guilt persecuting in a court of someone law. yeah exactly right. right so like i i think that we just we always have this this set of issues that we deal with as a byproduct of not being an industry that has some kind of governing body, you know, like with any other sport, any other real discipline, like even like chess or whatever, like they have governing bodies, which they sort of police everything related to that. Yeah. 
discipline, you know, and we don't have that. And I, I don't know if we'll ever have that. I don't know if we can have that. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky thing for us to navigate. It'd be kind of sick if there was like the NFL, but for poker. Like, well, that's what the GPL was trying mm -hmm. to be. Like the Players um, Association? Yeah, appar or apparently we were yeah. the uh, formerly uh, failed Epic Poker League. <laughs> yeah, there was the Epic Poker League. There was the, the Global Poker League. There was, uh, this is more on the union side, but there was the Poker Players Association. Mm -hmm. um, but how do we make them actually work? Well, I don't think anybody knows. You know, yeah. I think they keep, they keep failing because <laughs> we, we keep running into these these situations where not everybody's pulling in the same direction. You know, we, we have one group of people with one incentive, but then as soon as people start doing one thing, quite often there's somebody else who could stand to make more money from doing the opposite. Yeah. And suddenly we're now splitting our incentives again. Like we're, we've got people like, it was, I think uh, Andrew Barber, who was on here the other day said like, as soon as you start boycotting a certain environment because their rake is too high. Well, now those are the softest games on the planet. Right, so people are going to cross, a, cross the go, picket line or whatever you want to exactly, call it. Right? Yeah. So like, mm -hmm. it's just incredibly difficult to get people in a competitive domain like this where money is the object yeah. to pull in the same direction. Really, really difficult. There I'm, needs to be a way to make everybody's incentives be aligned that this is how you make the most money, but kind of prove it not just as a long-term thing, but additionally try to make it seem like it's also not good for you in the short term as well. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like, I think but a how? lot of people, we all mostly understand that the growth of the game and the good of the game is, is for our benefit in the long run. But there are plenty of people who would rather make an extra certain amount of money in the short term, even if, they, if it's smash sacrificing. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's a smash and grab approach. Like, and we, it's really, really hard for us to combat that. It just for anybody who's willing to just dip out of poker as soon as they make X amount of dollars, like they're not going to care about the long term. Yeah, There's, they're just they don't give a shit. So ultimately, it's people who are in the game for the long run that have to take responsibility for this. Yeah, and I think this is probably a good start when it comes to figuring out not only actionable solutions but try to get maybe boards and things of. The that sort together. Mm -hmm. Like I know that GG had some form of integrity council where it's like Fedor, Chewy, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Kuhn. I, I've heard absolutely zero about that since they but, started. Well, that's, right. what, that's what I'm getting at. It's yeah. like, what, what's really been going on? Like, right. are we, are we yeah. supposed to be knowing things? Or is it supposed to be like weekly newsletters? behind yeah. the scenes? Yeah, exactly. We like, yeah, we really don't know. Kind of don't have any ideas of that stuff, but I guess bringing this stuff up more to not just only having operators, like GG created the integrity council, so to speak, where now we're starting to see is, okay, who do we want to be able to be leaders of the community and speak to operators in a way that can get voices being heard as well as now getting to a point of making and creating positive change? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. think, I think if they wanted to... Ah, God! Bro <laughs> <laughs> just kept the camera on me. He knew Mal how I was speaking, but he knew he saw Chauncey biting my Chauncey was gonna, Chauncey was gonna get you. He got, oh, he been getting uh, me. Been Chauncey's getting. gonna get all the scratches and bites in before he, yeah, uh, before he leaves. over the pond. It's his last yep. chance. Yeah. He's becoming more Euro oh, as we oh, speak. No. Here, yeah. he comes. Yeah. Here he comes. <laughs> He's clawing. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's sort of... Did I completely lost my train of thought? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, it's an opportunity, if they wanted to, WSOP could take the lead on this. Like, if they wanted to become the centerpiece of the industry when it comes to just sort of dictating what the policies are going to be and, um, you know, showing leadership in that regard, they, they could. Because if there's one brand in this industry that has a sense of power or a sense of significance more so than, than any other, it's the WSOP brand because they are probably the longest standing brand in poker considering they've been around for more than 50 years mm -hmm, yeah. there's no other company there's no other tour there's nothing else in poker that's been around for more than 50 years right. if they wanted to take responsibility on this front they could but i i don't think they have even the tiniest bit of interest in that I, it's I tough to really like make that argument right in the sense of games becoming bigger over mm -hmm. year over year now that the COVID stuff is gone yeah as well as the um uh, increase of I don't even know if I don't even know why. Like, why there's so many more. I honestly don't know either. It's weird. I've been talking it about this from? with a lot of people. Like, the idea that there's this huge boom in live poker and nobody really knows why it's happening. It's very strange. Yeah, I don't know. 
I guess but, that could be a, a conversation for another time as we're probably running a little bit short. Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, we're all, we're all obviously happy to see it, but it's not, sure. it's not easily attributable to any specific factor. Like, it's probably a mul mul multiple things. I mean, mm -hmm. it could be people come back, you know, like getting back into it during COVID. Uh, there's, you know, I mean, there is the real inflation thing, right? I mean, like there's mm -hmm. like money is a lot cheaper now. Like, it's, yep. you know, so people have maybe more cash than they did before and multitude of things. Ah, uh, shout out to Lee Jones with the super chat. As always, thank you, Lee. He said Planet Poker published their shuffling algorithm only to show that it could be duplicated and the cards predicted. And then they never recovered from that. Ouch. Which makes sense. They're yeah, never going to financially recover from they're that. They're never, no. never going to financially recover from that. And I'm never going to physically recover from the bites from this orange cat. We are uh, off for a week here, guys. Yeah, we're going to be gone. We need a break, you know. Had a long series. Everyone needs a little bit of a break. So I'm go. you're going to L.A. I'm going to L.A. Going to L.A. Nice. I'm going to San Diego with the family for a few days. Matt, would, uh, I'm not going anywhere. What, but, are you, yeah. uh, what do you got planned for post-World uh, Series? I Any, don't know. Content, content making, coaching. Nothing stops you. No, no break. No. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know when I'm gonna take a break. Eventually, I will. Yeah, yeah. All you right. Know, recharge the batteries. I would like to say one final salute. Everyone, salute to Chauncey. Salute to Chauncey. Salute to Chauncey. We will see you. You are a great orange cat. We'll uh, have to find a duplicate orange cat. You will be a orange great cat. orange cat in the future. <laughs> Hopefully, we get to see the orange cat back when Marley comes back. But yep. while anyways, we're on, while we're on break. Um, uh, just remember, uh, you know, Brooks's course is out, so go to sulfurwide.io to check that out. And seats are going fast for the Academy, so if you're interested, go to academy.sulfurwide.io for more info. Alrighty, that's going to do it for us for this week and the next, and we will see you in two Mondays from now. Sounds Peace. great. Peace. Peace.